Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy NFL New Year! CBS Daily NFL Podcast. Woo! I'm Katie Moggs here with Will Brinson and Tyler Sullivan. This is day three of the 2023 Free Agency Show. Join us all week long as we break down the chaos. And while you're at it, show the show some love. If you're on YouTube, smash that like button, comment and subscribe. For our audio-only listeners, make sure that you download, follow, leave a review, and please... Tell your friends what's up to watch and listen to the pod. Brinson and Sully, nice to see you again for the second time today. What's up? How are we doing? Happy New well, Year, Katie. Happy New Year. Sully, yeah. I mean, look, we the, have, uh, uh, no champagne. We, uh, we missed the boat here. Or at least mimosas. Um, definitely should have had a party hat of some kind. All I have is this giant swirl of a cowlick that's going on in my head right now. I need a, need a haircut. It looks good today, Brinson. Thanks. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's swoopy. Um, yeah, I look, it's uh, inbox is being flooded right now with uh, press releases mm-hmm. from NFL teams who aren't officially allowed to announce signings until four o'clock. Uh, now they can do that. We can, uh, anyone can talk to Lamar Jackson now officially, mm-hmm. and tampering is no longer a problem. Anyone who's a free, like, if you're like, if you're an NFL player, you know, you've been talking to teams, and but like now, you know, your free agency has begun, even if, although it is, I mean, that part is like kind of. I sort of wish they would just start it at four o'clock on Monday. It's, it, this is just like, it's like a yeah. weird inception in the NFL where like, happy new year. They can start talking, Whoa. even though they've really been doing it since Monday. Here's, here's, here's one that, uh, here's one that just came down. Um, Let's do it. Jacoby yeah. Brissett signing with the Washington commanders. Nice. Her, uh, Diana, who, whatever her name is, the commanders, Jacoby Brissett, that's, that bums me out. Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping Jacoby Brissett would go to the Panthers. Uh, they, of course, landed Andy Dalton. I thought just a nice fit with, you know, uh, Brissett and Frank Reich, who would, who would, who would work together. I, I would guess that Brissett maybe saw the tea leaves, um, believe because you know, Andy Dalton's a, just has been a backup for the last few years. Uh, Brissett mm-hmm. you know, started you know, started when Sean Watson was suspended. Has to think that he could. I mean. Beat, beat out Sam. Howell. Ooh, NC State versus Carolina. Ooh, spicy Brissett versus Sam Howell. <laughs> Let's go, Jacoby. I'm glad you got the rooting interest now. But this is what <laughs> yeah. the commanders were saying they were going to do. They wanted to find a veteran quarterback to compliment Sam Howell as they put him into the offseason as their quarterback one. And Jacoby Brissett makes a ton of sense. I mean, he was somebody that, Will, I, I know that we've talked about it. Katie, I think we've talked about it with you, too, where he would be good in San Francisco for a few weeks if yeah. all of a sudden, you know, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance aren't ready. Like, he has been that perfect kind of stopgap guy. But this could be, you never know. If, if the if the floor falls out on Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett is not a bad guy to lean on if that happens. I mean, I, I think would have rather possible. had Jacoby Brissett than uh, uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I would guess that if you're, like, if Sam Darnold pro- – so, like, I would – I mean, I would just guess that the commanders – like I, th- I think they probably wanted to find the guy who gave them the most upside as a starter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I think Brissett. Like as you, you know, as you point, like I mean, I, I said it and you said it, right, Katie? Like I'd rather have Brissett with the Panthers yeah. 
You'd rather have Brissett with the Niners. Brissett would rather be with a team where he thinks he can start. And worth noting, Jacoby Brissett, I, yeah. I'm like 99% sure this doesn't have an agent as well. So that may be a case where there's no t- this had been agreed to, but there's no tampering because who's going to leak it out? Like Jacoby's probably like just I don't like don't even say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no agent to leak out numbers. He doesn't need to get it out there because agents always want to do that on Monday. So that that actually makes a lot of sense that this tampering could have occurred, and you know the team didn't really care to leak it out because it's, it's you know they're not paying him probably not paying him a ton of money. Um, that's I guess that's kind of interesting. And one thing to point out, too, with Brissett, it's the Buccaneers were reportedly interested in him as well, and they obviously have signed or agreed to terms with Baker Mayfield earlier today. So there goes that option. That was probably the clearest avenue for him to start. I know that Kyle Trask is kind of in that same boat as Sam Howell, as they're going to give him the opportunity to start, but you never know what's going to happen. But if you're Brissett, you still fall in a situation where I think that there's a decent avenue where you could potentially find yourself as a starter here. So that's good. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's a really good chance that Jacoby Brissett could end up beating out Sam Howell. Like, this, it's, it's, a, it's a really good combination outside of the State Carolina thing. And they, you know, they, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, they don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're, you know, they might have like a, a bet, you know, when the, when the two teams play, but they didn't like crossover. They don't have any beef or anything like that. Um, but it's, you know, you have Jacoby Brissett who could beat out Sam Howell and give you a nice floor, but also mm-hmm. you have a guy in Brissett who's not going to rock the boat and be a problem if for some reason, um, you know, Howell wins the job. And I think, you know, so I think, you know, in a perfect world, the commanders would love Sam Howell to beat out Brissett. He does all the same things that Heineke does outside of the fan favorite, his kind of pushed to be that starter. You still get all that stuff without the pressure of, all right, this guy was kind of sort of our guy for a little bit. And you still maybe, he still maybe wants to be that. Maybe there's some guys in that locker room that believe he could still be that guy. Yes. But you still get the nice floor of Jacoby Brissett, the same thing that you have at Heineke. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah. I was say sneakily, um, he's like sneakily unathletic, but also sneakily athletic. You don't, yes. you know, like he, yes. he's not nearly as mobile as you think he, like you think like you see him. Yeah. You're like, I'm, like he's not a mobile quarterback. Like he can run, but he's really not a mobile quarterback. It's kind of interesting. It's a, I, well, watch I a think lot he did that. well. Yeah, I think he did really well last year. And I also think that he's a big locker room guy. I think he's got a lot of respect from the people that he plays with and is a really good leader. So you always want that with your team. But Sully, I got to go from one Jacoby to the next Jacoby Myers out. Juju is in. Patriots give a three-year, $33 million deal, a very big investment as the uh, resident Pats fan. How are you feeling? You're also going from Jacoby to Jacoby to NC State to NC State there, too. Oh. So it's really, there's a lot of connections That's there. <laughs> very, very interesting. Obviously, you know, you have Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster basically signing the same deal. I don't know necessarily the guarantees, but three years, $33 million guaranteed. Jacoby Myers going to Las Vegas, Patriots coming to terms with Juju Smith-Schuster. I feel like it's a little bit of a a lateral move. Yes, there's probably a higher ceiling with Juju Smith-Schuster. I have no faith that he's actually going to reach that with New England. I was much more confident in retaining Jacoby Myers, a guy that Mac Jones really liked and had a great rapport with, and then going forward and adding on somebody to compliment him. Because really – Jacoby Myers is a number two wide receiver. He's that now in Las Vegas with with Devontae Adams uh, opposite of him. And that was kind of the hope that he would be this offseason with New England adding somebody. Now that a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster comes in, I'm a little nervous that this is it for New England. There was rumors earlier in the day that they were in on Jerry Judy and DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham. I kind of wonder if this is it. And if this is it, I don't feel like they've really done anything to vastly improve that offense. Yeah, I mean, I would... 
I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is only 26, by the way, which is just crazy. But you had Jacoby Myers, who's also 26. I mean, they're the same age. It's it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, I'm biased here, so, you know, like, take it for whatever it's worth. I would prefer Jacoby Myers, especially when you're talking about a team like the Patriots, where... You know, Juju Smith-Schuster got in a bunch of hot water with the, with the Steelers because he was, mm-hmm. you know, loves to be on social media, loves his TikTok. And he's with the Chiefs, and like he was, he was, he was pretty quiet about it most of the season. But then you have like stuff just around the Super Bowl, the trash talk afterwards. But like, you just wonder, like, how is he gonna? Is he like, you know, I mean, like we were talking about before the show. I mean, like that ain't Belichick style. Like Bill Belichick and Juju Smith-Schuster seem like an odd match. I will say that um, the offense presumably that they'll run, you know, Juju seem, does seem like a player who would fit very well in what the Patriots want to do from an offensive standpoint. But again, you had Jacoby Myers there, somebody who you'd, you'd, you'd scouted, you know, like you scouted and you, and you, and you picked up as an undrafted free agent and you knew what he had in the building. And so you replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster at, at basically the same price. Liz, Alan Lazard, by the way, got the same contract too. It's like all these wide receivers are getting, these $11 million per year deals that are basically one-year deals disguised as three-year contracts. And, and I don't know if you saw this, Brinson. Jacoby Myers tweeted or responded to the tweet of Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster going to New England saying, cold world. So it would lead you to believe that he would have accepted the same deal had it been offered to him. So, again, I'm, I'm kind of putting words and connecting dots that might not be there, but his kind of negative reaction to Juju getting a very similar deal tells mm. me that he probably would have returned to New England had he been offered that deal, which, again, just kind of you know rubs me the wrong way a little bit as to, as to how the Patriots are kind of forming this offense. It, it is worth noting that the Patriots have, for a very long time, been very reticent to give bigger contracts to um, undrafted or really late-round guys, particularly the undrafted guys, that they picked up and turned into – you know, high quality products like, like Malcolm uh, Butler, you know, they, 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 he succeeded in new England. They let him walk. Um, you have Jackson, uh, AC Jackson. Exactly. Thank you. And then now you have Jacoby Myers. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's like a principal thing where you, you, you don't want to, I mean, obviously the one big exception is Tom Brady here, but like, you know, I mean, although you know, I don't know, it's weird, like Edelman and you know, like, I mean, they've kept, they've kept some guys, but it's just that undrafted factor really I, seems to, they don't want to give a contract. Yeah, I do wonder if that is a Belichick thing where it's, I brought you in, I've kind of made you who you are, I can find the next guy and do the same thing. I, I wonder if there's a, I don't want to call it arrogance, but I do wonder if there's a confidence that he can plug and replace those types of players that he feels like he plucked out of obscurity into a prominent role in New England. So that's kind of where I'm at. Just to go back a little bit more big picture with this, because I, I do think that you need to look at it from a big picture view. I've said all offseason with New England, they need to take major swings because of what the division is becoming. I, I mean, we're, we were just on a podcast talking about Aaron Rodgers coming to this division. Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender. Miami's up and coming with Mike McDaniel now going into his second year as the head coach. You, you just see what New England's doing right now. They're continuing to act like Tom Brady's still the quarterback and he can kind of elevate these guys. And Mac Jones is a former first-round pick. He was promising in his first year, took a step back this year. But I just wonder if they're kind of operating in a way where they feel like they better, they're better than what they are. Like they can elevate anybody that's there, which really was the case because you had Tom Brady. Now you don't have him anymore. You need to surround your young quarterback with top-tier talent. We've seen it over the course of the past few years, whether it's A.J. Brown going to Philadelphia, Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo, even possibly D.J. Moore going to Chicago with Justin Fields. These teams are aligning them with top-tier wide receivers, and it's seen them take a huge boost. I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster is that type of a player to give Mac Jones that next-year boost. 
Yeah. I mean, when they're talking that they were looking at other possible wide receivers too. So this is what gets a little bit frustrating. Jeff Howell, the athletic, he was yeah. formerly the Boston Herald. He's very plugged in with New England. He reported earlier in the day that the Patriots have made calls with DeAndre Hopkins and Jerry Judy. They also were obviously at Odell Beckham's free agent workout last week. But the thing that was annoying about that report, and Jeff's just reporting it, it's not necessarily anything that he's doing, but the last nugget was, but the price point remains the key component. That's what's going to frustrate a lot of New England fans, and it's kind of what I was saying earlier, where they're operating that they can still get guys on the cheap and elevate. You could do that when you have the greatest quarterback of all time. You can't necessarily do that right now. So if you could get Jerry Judy or DeAndre Hopkins, that's fantastic. That will dramatically help Mac Jones. But if you're not going to extend yourself, and I'm not saying give up the number 14 overall pick, but I think you have four or five other draft selections within the top 150. They've got, uh, they've got 14, 46, 76 from Carolina, 107 from the Rams, 117, a 135 compensatory pick. So you got a lot of picks. You have a lot of assets to go do something that could bring in a premier guy. And then if you're telling me it's DeAndre Hopkins and Juju Smith-Schuster or Jerry Judy and Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. all right, now we're cooking. Yeah. I, I just don't know if that's going to be the road they're going down. And, and let's not forget, too, that, like, I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with Juju Smith-Schuster ostensibly operating as their number one wide receiver, whatever you want to call it. But they got Travis freaking Kelsey. Like, the, the yeah. Patriots don't have Rob Gronkowski. And they, they sure as hell don't have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. I mean, no offense to McCorkle Jones. It's just, like, it is, it is, it is, it, you sort of wonder, like, <laughs> Did Bell? I mean, and I don't. I don't want to question Bill Belichick, you know. But like, he's missed the playoffs two of the last three years. Post Brady, you can start questioning if you want. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think Boston people are Boston. Like in in, in Southie, they're getting a little loose on Belichick. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I think like it's the arrogance you mentioned. It, it's sort of it's like, well, I mean, you know, we did it. We did, we made the playoffs with like you know Edelman and Welker, and it's it's like yeah, but you had Tom Brady. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if Mac Jones becomes a great and and in, in in fairness to Mac Jones and Belichick, the the utter idiotic like idiocy of rolling with uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia last year was an obvious setback. But then you point it's like, well, who did it? You know, like who who's the guy who said this is going to work? Belichick. Like that's right. the crazy part. You're like, oh, you think like like what? And, and so it, it it is fair. Victor Garcia says there's no way the Pats are, are done. I would agree. I think they have to add more pass catchers, but it's just like you can, we can now, I think at this point in time, without ripping Belichick, without, you know, calling into question his ability to build a roster to whatever it is, we can at least say, because, you know, for the last like 25 years, you couldn't say like if Belichick made a move, you're like, look, if, if somebody else did this, I would, or if the Browns did this, I would be like, what the hell are you thinking? But Belichick did it, so I'm, we're, we're going to give him a pass. I think now with what we've seen in the post-Brady era, it is okay to say, hey, like, were we 100% sure this is the right move when Bill Belichick does something? And, and I'll say this really quickly. You know, I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Jerry Judy. If that happens, that's totally fine. I I would also be totally fine with, and, and the commenter said, you know, there should be another move coming. If that next move is Orlando Brown or something that solidifies the offensive line, that, to me, is, is good enough as well because that was half the problem for Mac Jones last year. He's very much sped up, yeah. couldn't work the play action the way they wanted to. 
And so if you're telling me you're going to solidify the left tackle spot and give him a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who is statistically better in separation and yards after the catch and all that stuff statistically than Jacoby Myers, then okay, we can see what you're doing. But if you're giving me a, a patchwork offensive line and not doing anything else other than Juju, that to me is where you start getting really concerned about what 23 may look like for them. All right, guys, let's uh, pivot, keep it in the AFC East. Talk about the Bills, which we haven't really talked about actually all week long. You got Jordan Poyer, who checked the market and seems like he's going to re-sign with the Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia probably excited about this one. You guys consider this a win? Yeah, I, I think this is huge for Buffalo. I mean, this is a guy that I think we all assumed was as good as gone, right? I mean, he's talking about possibly joining Miami, that he doesn't like you know half of his paycheck being taken out in New York State. And so... It kind of felt like this was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be gone. And when you're a team like Buffalo, who is right on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl and being a year in and year out Super Bowl contender, the last thing you want to do is start losing all pro talent, specifically in the secondary. Yeah. When you're in a conference that has Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and possibly now Aaron Rodgers and all these studs at the quarterback position. And so bringing in a guy that's not only still at the top of his game in terms of his play on the field, but a legitimate leader in that secondary I don't know how you don't look at this as a major win for Buffalo. I would, uh, sorry, I was texting my buddy Zeke to let him know that Brissett's going to the Commanders. Zeke is in a, uh, <laughs> Zeke has been in a, Zeke is obviously an NC State fan, uh, went to school with me. He's been in a, uh, he's been, so the Nats got rid of everybody um, and NC State never wins anything. And, you know, so he has the Commanders still there, but he's been in like this sort of, um, very dark headspace because he's he's convinced that Sam Howell, a Carolina qu quarterback, is going to like become the next great star of the DMV. <laughs> like and like that's that's all he's going to have to. That's all he's going to have in his life is Sam. Like so, so percent kind of calming him down. But yeah, look, I mean, you see the numbers. You know the points per game. You know they went up two points per game when Poirier was out. I mean, and I is Leslie Frazier taking the year off? Yes. Yeah. So that's which is another point not to sleep on. Again, if you want guys. That that are, you know, he's obviously one of, you know, the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. You lose him, you all of a sudden start losing brain trust like Poyer, Frazier. That's a recipe, like I was saying earlier, that's a recipe to really take a step back in a conference with all these elite quarterbacks. Yeah, and, you know, we saw a little bit of it on the offensive side of the ball. Like, not, I mean, I think Ken Dorsey did a pretty good job, but, like, clearly, you know, it was a downgrade from Brian Dable to Ken Dorsey. We talked about that a lot leading into the season. You know, no one's saying Ken Dorsey can't get it done. It's just you have this proven track record of being really, really good with Brian Dable, and so now you have a, a similar sort of thing where you have a track record of Leslie Frazier with this defensive, you know, group having, you know, putting up pretty stout numbers. Now they've been weak against the run at times and the pass rush had, hadn't been great, but that's more of a personnel thing than I think a Leslie Frazier issue. So now you really need some consistency in terms of your personnel if you're going to be losing that defensive coordinator, especially in this particular defense. And you have Sean McDermott, so they'll be fine. McDermott's a you know, it was a great defensive coordinator uh, with the Panthers and, and briefly with the Eagles. Um, but like, you're going to, you're going to need like you want these veteran safeties on the back end because they are the keys to this this particular defense. And if you have those veteran safeties on that back end, it's going to make whoever takes a DC job, whether it could be Sean McDermott calling plays, it's just going to make life a lot easier. So I think this is a this if you're. When you go back and when we go back and look at this offseason, I think there's a decent chance that this could end up being like the most underrated signing of the whole offseason uh, if Buffalo wants to stay in the mix as an AFC power. Not only that, Will, you're bringing back Poyer, 
but he, and that's obviously important because of what he brings to the table, not only from an on-field standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint and just knowing the defense. You lose Les- Leslie Frazier, you also lost Tremaine Edmonds, which is something that we obviously have to have to point out there as well. He's been a key piece to the interior or the you know the middle of that field on on defense. And you were talking about them poor against the run. That probably will continue here a little bit now with Edmonds being gone. So you keep Jordan Poirier back in the fold. That's just another veteran piece that could help you going forward. How do you guys feel about the Bills? And I know this is way too early to ask this question, but I have had a futures ticket on the Bills now two years in a row. And two years in a row, they have disappointed me. And we're talking about how great this is that they brought back Jordan Poyer. They're still the second favorite to win the AFC Conference at plus 450 on Caesars. And they're the third favorite to win the Super Bowl. At what point do we give to give up on the Bills as, as being a real powerhouse that's going to win? Um. I, I actually was watching, or maybe it was actually a McAfee show today, um, which I might just start. I like, I don't, I don't usually watch it like daily. Yeah, it was fun. I think that they were saying like, it's like Pac-Man Jones and um, Boston Connor specifically were like the bill's window is closed, which I, I think is, I think it's a little too early for that. I mean, you've got Josh Allen, so you're not, you know, um, like you're not, you're not like, your window's not closed. <laughs> Excuse me. Your window's not closing when you got Josh Allen. You know. Um, but are you? It, would you put money on a futures ticket for them? I mean, they've been the no. favorite. They're not the favorite this year. They're the second favorite for the cons uh, for the conference behind the Chiefs. But they've been the odds-on favorite two years in a row. I think it's too. It's 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 for me. It's too expensive because eventually you're probably going to. You're more than likely going to get in a spot where. So like, you're taking about what five to one or something like that. Where I mean, like you could just wait till the AFC Championship game and take it at like plus like like two to one, you know, or wait till the you know because I mean, they're gonna have to get past the Chiefs at some point anyway. So for me, I don't like to dabble in that end of the that end, but like it would not surprise me if the Bills won a Super Bowl. Um, it's just the AFC the AFC is gonna be really hard for the next five years. Like it, this is yeah. Patrick Mahomes is just Tom Brady 2.0 in terms of yeah. where there is the path to getting to the Super Bowl is going to go through Kansas City. Four out of five years. And if you can't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, you're probably not going to play in a Super Bowl. And there are going to be quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers comes to mind with Tom Brady. <laughs> I was going to say, what about those Chargers? <laughs> well, it's like there are going to be quarterbacks who don't, really Hall of Fame level quarterbacks who don't sniff a ring because Patrick Mahomes exists yeah. on planet Earth. And he's just going to, I mean, that's just the reality. And then you also have out. Yeah. So, so like, I, I, I don't I'm not closing anything on the bills until Josh Allen's gone. But I mean, it's just going to be hard. The, the one thing that I have concerns about, uh, uh, you know, it, it really it revolves around Josh Allen. One, the turnovers in the red zone last year were just, you know, it, you just can't have that. Uh. You can't contend for a Super Bowl and have your quarterback, your star quarterback, turn the ball over in the red zone. It's just not feasible. If they can somehow fix the running game and have a little bit more consistency there, because that's really been their issue right over the last few years, they'll get they can put up points in a hurry. But if all of a sudden you have to grind out a game in the second half and really run the football effectively. They haven't been able to do it. And I, I saw a few people on social media saying, maybe go after Zeke Elliott, who was just re- officially released from the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm sure we'll yeah. get to him, but that's somebody who I think would be interesting. If you talk about 2023, though, it is a little bit of a make or break year. I know that you can yeah. you know, restructure contracts and do all that stuff. It, but Josh Allen, and I know he recently just did it, but Josh Allen right now, is accounting for $47 million against their cap in 2024. That is a monster number that, again, will re- be restructured in some form or another. But eventually, when you push these quarterback deals down the line, 
eventually you got to pay the piper. And so you get to a certain point, and now you're going to be really struck against the cap, like we've seen Tampa Bay now, as they've done. We pushed a lot of their guys back when they had Tom Brady. Now that he's gone, all this stuff's kind of come and do. They're restricted to what they can do in free agency right now. And I wonder if eventually Buffalo hits that point because they're moving Josh Allen's numbers around too much. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it's look. Burrow's going to get paid. Herbert's going to get paid. Mahomes got paid. Deshaun Watson got paid. Lamar Jackson might get paid. I mean, like, there's just a lot of quarterbacks in the AFC who are going to take up huge cap spaces. And this is where um, it does come down to it. Like, front office, your front office work is going to matter, right? Like, the ability, you see what the Chiefs did, your ability to surround Patrick Mahomes, you know, with Juju for on a one-year deal. You know, you've got McCole Hardman who can, you know, you have all these people. Like, they lose Tyreek Hill and don't miss a beat. In fact, win, win the title. Um, so it's like Buffalo is going to have to sacrifice some stuff. And the question is, can they effectively replace it and keep, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to stay on top in the NFL. Really, really, really hard, even with a quarterback. Uh, and that's where, you know, you, and you lose Joe Shane, you lose Brian Dable, you know, Leslie Frazier going for a year. You, you just have attrition when you win. And so it, it, it will, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's going to be, a, it's, it's going to be tough. And, and real quickly, I do want to see what a full season with Von Miller looks like. I think that that was yeah. a big X factor last season. Obviously, yeah. their big offseason acquisition a year ago. He was a guy that was supposed to be that veteran, former champion, help get you over the hump. Obviously, went down with a season-ending injury, wasn't able to play for them down the stretch. If he's able to play a full season, I do wonder how much of an impact that'll make. I, I agree with you on that one. Okay, this one really surprised me. I don't know why it surprised me, and I wish that we had a B a Q on the show today. Baker Mayfield to Tampa Bay, signed a one-year deal, $8.5 million, giving him the opportunity to battle for the starting spot with Kyle Trask. What do you guys think of uh, Tampa Baker, right? Fun fact. Oh, Tampa Baker. I like that, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that a lot. So, fun fact. Uh, Sully, you probably remember what pick Tom Brady was, right? Yes. What, what was it? 199. Tom Brady, You're asking Tom Brady, to ask, and they know. Brady's <laughs> immediate replacements at both of the places he departed were the number one overall pick, Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield. That's an interesting, interesting. point. I think of that. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a yet, yet none, yet none had a career like his. Yeah, Baker, Baker definitely not. Cam actually won an MVP, and you know, is, is criminally underrated. But I digress. Um, I you know I thought that uh, so Stephen O, who does the uh, Sportsline Sims for uh for us posted or he sent in let me find the email real quick baker mayfield to tampa bay here's the sims um with kyle trask as a starter they go from 6.4 wins to 7.6 with baker mayfield and i thought uh steven made a great point in his email that he sent to all of us personally if i were tampa bay i would tank for the 2024 quarterbacks and i think this is probably going to be a prevailing sentiment um across the board when you talk about the bucks and baker mayfield in that it does Baker. They're signing him to a one-year deal. He's gonna he's gonna battle with Kyle Trask, as you see on the rap mm -hmm. sheets. Tweet. Is if Baker Mayfield comes in and helps you win one or two games, did you really just shoot yourself in the foot with a cannon, no less, uh, by virtue of moving yourself from a possible top five pick to a possible top fifteen pick? Because if you're if you have a top fifteen pick, you're probably not getting a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like like is Baker making? just good enough where they're not going to be involved in the top overall pick 
but they're not going to be sniffing the playoffs. I think that's kind of my question. It, it depends. Is Sean McVay coming with him to Tampa Bay? I, I think that that was, <laughs> that was a huge. I think that was a huge X factor for him because I think if you put pretty much any quarterback with Sean McVay, they're going to be able to put up numbers, which is what we saw at the end of last season when he joined Los Angeles. But it, pretty much everywhere other stop that Baker Mayfield's been outside of his early years with Cleveland, he's kind of faltered off a little bit. Now, obviously, you're you still have Mike Evans right now. You still have Chris Godwin as of right now. I believe I saw a report that they were the Buccaneers were going to be one of the teams. I think it was the the Tampa Bay Times that said the Buccaneers were going to be one of the teams that's going to be aggressive in trying to get Ezekiel Elliott. So you're you're surrounding him with a lot of assets that you would think that maybe could produce something. So I do wonder if that might be a big difference. But I'm one of these guys that you know you drafted Kyle Trask in the second round. You might as well see what you have because, like you're saying, well. If all of a sudden he's not the guy, Kyle Trask, well then, all right, you stink. You're going to have a top five pick. You go after one of those quarterbacks. If he's great, well, then there you go. You have a second round pick on his rookie deal and off we go. So the Baker Mayfield thing, yeah, I know that you might want a veteran just to kind of have that safety net, but I would have much rather that safety net be like Jacoby Brissett than it does for Baker Mayfield because there is that off chance that Baker gets hot and turns into to, you know Tampa, Tampa Baker. And yeah. we all of a sudden start yeah. getting a little weird. And we're talking about a top 10 pick, like you said, well, outside of a top five. Now, and, and in defense of the Buccaneers, like, you know, you can't, I, I think there's probably one team out there uh, this year, and it's the Colts, who might be tanking for the 2024 uh, draft class. Um, you know, like, if, if, like, I, I just sort of been thinking this lately, like, there's a decent chance that they just decide to draft the best player available at four. And then say we're going to suck this year, and we're just not going to have a quarterback. But I don't think Tampa Bay wants to do that. You know, the Glazier family is is not scared to fire people. Um, you have, uh, you know, like they're really like quick turnover. Even you know, Jason Light and Todd Bowles with the championship. And so now, like, you do want to go out and get somebody. You look around the division. I mean, the Panthers have Andy Dalton. The Saints have Derek Carr. You know, I mean, the Falcons have Desmond Ritter, and uh, you know, it's it, like it's possible Baker could compete in that division. Desmond Ritter and Tara well, Heineke. Yeah. I mean, well, Justice in the chat the, says NFC South is still maybe the worst division. Tampa could easily sneak into the playoffs. They just needed somebody to effectively throw the ball. Brady wasn't that last year. Can we really blame that on Tom Brady? Uh, 2022 Tom Brady is better than 2023 Baker Mayfield. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. I, I, I don't. Um, in fact, 2023 Tom Brady might be better than 2023 Baker Mayfield. Uh, by the way, <laughs> yep. maybe let's not forget, too, like they're changing offensive coordinators. But, Scott, but one of the big issues for this team is they couldn't run the football. I mean, that's the reason yeah. why Tom Brady had to throw yes. a, a record yes. amount of times in the regular season. You get somebody that can run the football, that's going to make Trask and or Baker Mayfield's life much easier than it was for Tom Brady a year I, ago. I, I also think, too, that like we severely – and I, I'm guilty as charge of this – severely underrated – the drop-off from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles at the head coaching yes. position and with the influence it would have on the offense. And maybe Tom Brady, Tom Brady guilty as charged too, because he, you know, by all accounts, um, could have, you know, potentially helped push out Bruce Arians. Bowles, I think Bowles with Baker Mayfield has uh, potential for disaster. Right. And, and the tanking thing too. You know, if you're Todd Bowles, you're obviously not in the business of doing that. You have no long-term security with this organization to feel like you can absorb a tanking down season and expect to keep your job. So, like, it's not like it's Bruce Arians where you're saying, okay, maybe that's somebody who's a little bit more tenured and that makes a little bit more sense. If you're all of a sudden, like, let's just say you, you stink and you have the number one overall pick and you're drafting Caleb Williams, 
you're starting over with somebody new. Like you're doing a full Arizona Cardinals where it's Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and you're trying to build it. Not that that worked out, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're going to pair the quarterback with the coach. Exactly. In and, and you end when you have the number one overall pick and you're firing your coach, which a lot of times happens because, you know, the, you, your team stunk. Um, it, if there's a good quarterback class, it's a much more attractive job. Like in theory, just in theory, the hypothetical where if Sean Payton doesn't take the Broncos, maybe he's like, ooh, Tampa Bay, right. you know, um, I would point out too. So I'm going to, I'm going to be on my, uh, my good friend, Dave, Dave, friend of the podcast, Dave Damashek's uh, show tomorrow. It's the minus three podcast. I'm sure subscribe and Sheck and I for the last, um, God, I don't know, like five or 10 years. It's definitely, it might be 10, uh, have ranked the NFC South quarterbacks, uh, every year mm. before the season. And he just, we were texting about this. He was just like, what has happened to our division? It used to be like, you know, like, it was like Cam was number four one year, like when Jameis Winston was a rookie potentially. And now it's like Ritter, Trask, Baker, and Derek Carr. Like what, uh, oh, what, what has happened? The NFC South, the mighty has fallen. Well, I, I do think that there's obviously another shoe to drop in terms of the division. The Carolina Panthers have the number one overall pick. We could be talking about Bryce Young. We could be talking about C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, which if all of a sudden that guy turns into the next best thing, all right, well, then that increases the, the level of play. Still, you're talking about Ritter, Mayfield, and or Trask. But Derek Carr right now is the best quarterback in that division, which is hilarious because we've talked about it before. He went from number four in the AFC West to now number one by default in the AFC South, in the NFC South, yeah. which is just a remarkable turn of events for him. Well, we talked about yesterday how the NFC East was just like an overall winner, and the Eagles did something I found to be a little bit shocking. They're releasing Pro Bowl cornerback Darius Slay after three years. And I really just want to know what Billy thinks about this first. Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, I wasn't expecting this. Like, I mean, we had the conversation before last week. We talked about, you know, Bradbury and whether or not I wanted him to come back. And Wilson asked me that last week. And I said, I mean, no, you know, if he wants to leave, he can leave. But I guess he was listening to me and and heard that <laughs> he probably come back and redeem himself from that Super Bowl performance that he had. And so he's doing that. But I did not see Darius Slay not being back on this Eagles team uh, this upcoming season. But I do understand he was looking for a three-year deal, fully guaranteed. He's 32 years old. You can't give a guy like that that type of money, especially his cap hit uh, for, for the next few seasons as well. I understand it, but this this is the positive thing for the Eagles, though, as well, because, yes, we may not have Darius Slay on the roster, but we did get Bradbury. We did re-sign yeah. him, and this more than likely means that C.J. Gardner-Johnson will be an Eagle this year as well. So, you know, there's still some upside here to this Eagles defense. Not to worry too much. I think we should be all right. I Billy, mean, Billy, does that change your mindset with the NFL draft? Like, I mean, you do have the 10th pick. Like, is that... Are you now in Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter conversations now, or is that? And you know what, Sully, that, you know, I've been talking with friends and texting back with a whole bunch of guys trying to figure out what the Eagles are going to do at that number 10 slot. I thought beforehand, you know, when we were going to keep Bradbury and I thought Slade was going to be here as well, we probably go, you know, maybe Jalen Carter slides or we still go defensive tackle, defensive line, because that's what the Eagles do. They either go offensive or defensive line. They, they how we make sure he's like he shores that that part of the team up before he does anything else. But now it kind of seems like maybe we're in that Joey Porter, you know, type of type of conversation or maybe we're in that Witherspoon type of conversation where they do maybe draft a, a corner that high. But I still don't see it to be likely. I, I, I do see them inevitably taking a defensive lineman or a pass rusher in that spot at 10. I mean, they're, they're not taking a cornerback in the first round. 
Yeah, I mean, they don't historically have it. Can you name the last um, the last defensive back that the Philadelphia Eagles took with a first round uh, pick? Ooh, was Jordan Brown? Uh, or was it Lito Shepard? Was Lito Shepard? <laughs> I was like, Will, you don't even know the answer to this. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> Brown was a second round pick. No, no, I was like, I was making sure I didn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lito Shepard. I know either one of the. I know the early. Uh, two thousand two. They took Lito Lito Shepard, Michael Lewis, Sheldon Brown, uh, with first and second round picks, all defensive backs, and they have not used a first round pick on a, on a defensive back since. Howie Roseman just doesn't do it. Um, I, 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 I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if that's by virtue of where he's picking, where you, you know, you used to have some uncertainty, like, you know, cause it's quarterbacks typically have not, you know, we've seen them drafted like a quarterback, a cornerback who's drafted in the top five typically has to be a really, really, or top 10 needs to be a really, really elite corner. Uh, the Eagles haven't had a ton of those picks. And I, I think, I, I like, I think it's smart by Howie to lean into what you do well, but he may feel like he's not like, that's not his strongest area of evaluation. And so, he, you know, like he like doesn't want to try and force it with a cornerback in the first round, or he just believes you build in the trenches. Either whatever the case may be, I would it would be a stunner if the Eagles took a, a cornerback in the first round. Well, that's what makes it interesting, though, is because you're releasing Slay. You're you know you don't know what's going to happen with CJ Garner Johnson. <laughs> like you, you don't know. So all of a sudden, if if you know, let's say the Arizona Cardinals with Gannon, all of a sudden come out of nowhere and say, "All right, let's bring you know this guy that I've worked with before, sign him to a massive deal." Well, then all of a sudden you really have to start having that conversation, which is uncharted territory, as you were saying with Philadelphia. I mean, the thing with Howie is like, as Eagles fans, we all remember the Chip Kelly era, and you know him being demoted oh. after that. And, and, and I mean, after that situation, I think that was the best situation for Harry because he learned so much from that, you know, being demoted and being, you know, sent to the back office. Um, uh, you know, he learned so much from that situation that when he came out of that, you know, he made the move to get Carson Wentz and we go to a Super Bowl and then he still drafts Jalen Hurts. You know, it, he was just so, he was just so much forward thinking and, and he had his principles and he stood by them and he did have his hiccups um, along the way still, but you know, I think Eagles fans now have way more trust in Harry Roseman over the years, seeing all all the picks that he's made and all this all the decisions that he's made and how good he is with the cap. We have no other choice but to trust Harry Roseman at this point. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying that, like, I just don't like. I mean, it wouldn't be stunning if they draft. I mean, I, I actually I take that back. I would be stunned if they drafted a cornerback in the first round. But I mean, if it's a position of you believe it's a position of if there's a guy there that they love, you know, they could do it. I just I really don't think that, especially where they're picking, like. I think I said the same. Ten's not, the, but ten's not bad. I, I don't, I don't think drafting a, a corner at ten is 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 egregious or anything. I think it's egregious for the Eagles. Yes, like as you. Point I mean, out, it, it depends. It depends, on, it depends on who the cornerback is. Like you know, we we saw with J.C. Horn and um, uh, uh, oh god, who did the Broncos take? Patrick Sertan uh, the second. Like those are like, you know, you you just have to have a belief and a conviction that you have a guy who could possibly be a lockdown corner if you're going to pull the trigger on that. Uh, and I like I just and so I think um I think it's like. All depends on um, sort of the 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 cornerback class, maybe more so than the Eagles and you know where they're picking. I mean, Sauce Gardner last year went in the first round as well. So I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, Derek Stingley. No, no, no. Look, I, there's nothing wrong with taking a cornerback in the first round, especially if you take him high because you you usually have those elite cornerbacks. I'm just saying it is not the Eagles' mo to do that, which, which would make it surprising unless there's a guy who they really have a conviction on being a, a lockdown corner. I, I agree. I agree. 
Okay, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. But before we do, it's bracket time. So get yours in now on the CBS Sports app. You can play in men's and women's pools with friends and join our challenges for the chance to win a new car and trips to the 2024 Final Four. Get the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash play to start filling out your brackets. No purchase necessary. See terms and rules for details. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in four championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Shock winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast, talking NFL free agency. If you haven't already, hit us up on social at Pick 6 Pod on all social media platforms. Also, if you are finding us today on the CBS Sports main YouTube page, make sure that you follow the Pick 6 Pod. The right, guys. Uh, well, we've talked. Yes. I was just saying a little, break, a little, break, a little breaking-ish news. We knew it was going to happen, but it Ooh. actually happened. Yes. Zeke Elliott, the Cowboys. I don't think they announced that they released it. They just sent out a tweet that said, thank you, Zeke Elliott. It's like Jerry Jones like, don't, don't even... That football sound by Zeke got it. Oh, really? Did it? Uh, can we just? Did that football game? Say, um, as sorry. as a 49ers fan, the fact that the last the I last know. play that he played as a Cowboy was in the divisional round, where they bizarrely put him at center, and he was absolutely leveled. Who was it? Was it Fred Warner? Who got him? I think it was a defensive lineman. Like it may have been, yeah. it may have been Fred Warner. I can't remember. He got absolutely truck put on, put on, put on, oh. put on roller skates. Uh, total disaster. How many did uh, Sully did that that football gain like three point one yards per carry last year? Really? It, did. it actually <laughs> lo- it actually lost three point one percent of the value every yeah, single yeah. carry. I, Zeke Elliott was. Um, I think it's fascinating that it is kind of interesting that you know in the same year that Zeke Elliott's being cut by the Cowboys, uh, Jalen Ramsey traded for the uh, second time in his career, so he's moving on to his third team. But like, if you drafted, you know, I, would, I always bring this up because it's it's it seems painfully obvious. Zeke was a great running back. Uh, Dak yeah. won rookie of the year, but Zeke could have easily been rookie of the year. They won the division yeah. when he had Dak for rookies. If you'd gone Jalen Ramsey and then gotten either, I think you, Derek Henry was in the draft. Was it Nick Chubb too? Derek, you could have gone Jalen Ramsey, Derek Henry, and then later added Dak Prescott uh, in that draft, which would have been, you know, pretty good. Um, Zeke was awesome. You know, won the rushing title twice, 72 total touchdowns. 10,598 yards. Uh, yeah, he had some off the field stuff. Ended up suing the NFL. Um, was, uh, you know, was, was a great run blocker. I just think it's a, it's a, it sort of reminds you that, you know, as good as Zeke was, you could have had Derrick Henry and Jalen Ramsey. And you, you wonder if that would have changed the trajectory of the Cowboys at all. I think that that's totally true. I'm just seeing where uh, Derrick Henry was taking, he was taking second round, 45th overall so you clearly could have made some moves to acquire him obviously if that's who you felt like but yeah no and not only that will it's you're talking about the draft position but we're all we should also talk about the contract as well i mean that hamstrung them 
to doing certain things over the course of the last few years. I mean, they're just getting out of this deal, but they they were kind of the you know one of the first teams or first few teams. Obviously, Todd Gurley was part of this as well. And by the way, Dallas took Jalen Smith in the second round. They could have just taken Derrick Henry. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, like they, they could have like it's. I mean, they could have had they passed on Jalen Ramsey for Zeke, and then took Jalen Smith uh, instead of being able to take uh, Derrick Henry. It was just like it was, it was there. You know, like that. It, it wasn't a. It's not a well. This and this and this. It's a. It was just there. Right, yeah. and then they and then they compounded it with the ninety million dollar contract over six years, which again, like I was saying, hamstrung them to doing other moves that probably would have helped them contend a little bit further in the postseason because. As we've seen, and we're, we're obviously clearly getting this now as we've seen the, the running back landscape change in terms of how important teams are using their capital against them, you don't give big money to a running back. As much as you feel like he's the fabric of your organization, you don't give him a 6-90 and 90 or, or whatever the you know, Los Angeles Rams gave Todd Gurley. It just is a just absolute cancer to what you can do in other spots of that roster. And, you know, it feels like they're almost like disposable lighters. Like you can just kind of plug and play in Ugh. terms of what you find out in the draft and change things out. So to me, that's one of the big things. Yes, the draft, but also the contract with Deke Elliott was the thing that hamstrung the Cowboys. What a comparison. Disposable lighters. I know. It's a little <laughs> harsh, but like you kind of get what I'm saying. But you're just, I, I get it. Well, you guys, you, we talked about it earlier. Do you think Zeke actually, I, have, I, have, yeah. I have a follow-up I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Uh, do you what what is your version of like a non-disposable like a like a Zippo? Uh, yeah, like the or like the electric one. You ever see those? I got one of those. Those are pretty. Do you cool. keep? Do you have a lot of lighters? Uh, enough. I don't know. Like I don't oh. smoke or anything. But yeah, I was I was wondering. lighters. Like <laughs> I only have like the long candle ones. You know that yeah. you don't burn your. You don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. I do indeed um, find that uh, suspicious. <laughs> All right. So, where do you guys think that Zeke goes? I mean, obviously, we talked about how the Bucks uh, couldn't run the ball. Is that a good spot for him? Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I think um, we say the Bucks. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, look at was Leonard Fournette was the was he the was he Christian McCaffrey's class or is he Zeke's class? I can't. I can't he just I'm, retired, right? Yeah. The um, yeah. The, so, or was he released? Did he retire, or is he just? Because I know he, he wanted released. to finish I don't know his. He, I don't know yeah, if he's officially yeah, he's, retired. Yeah. But I, the Buccaneers, I, I don't know if they're in a place that that makes a lot of sense. You know, if they want to give him a boatload of money, I'm sure Zeke will take it. But for him, I would assume you're trying to find a place where you can win. So let's go through the obvious ones. Kansas City. Is that a team where you can compliment him with Isaiah Pancheco? Or do you go to Buffalo, who we mentioned earlier? Mm. They've struggled to get over that hump, and part of that issue is they've struggled to run the football and kind of grind teams out late in games. Could that be an option for them to complement Naeem Hines and, and kind of that running game that they're trying to form there and maybe take a little bit off of Josh Allen? We talked about his red zone issues. Maybe if you don't have to use him as your power back in the red zone, that that makes him a little bit more effective in the red area. So those are two teams that obviously are going to get brought up. You know, do you go to maybe Philadelphia? That could be an interesting, you know, heel turn mm -hmm. because they it looks like they're not going to bring back uh, Miles Sanders. And I think they only signed, what was it, Brad Penny? I don't know if that Rashad, means. Rashad Penny. Or Rashad Penny. Brad Penny's a former MLB player. Yes, I, yes, I don't know where that, where my brain was going there. Uh, I will say, too, like Billy, um, Billy had pointed out just in Slack where we were talking about, like, he wouldn't, you know, the Cat Eagles do have a, you know, a history of signing uh, former Cowboys right. players. And that would be the sort of thing that. Um, a great uh, heel turn. Yeah, that um, yeah, like 
Yeah, that would be the sort of thing that um, where it's maybe spite motivates Zeke Elliott a little bit. You get two, uh, you mm-hmm. get two good matchups there. And I'll, and I'll give you one more. Maybe Miami is that a team that again has struggled to find running a running game. You know, I don't know if he necessarily fits Mike <laughs> McDaniel's his, his system and, and what, how he wants to run the football. But that's a team that, again, has just struggled to really have any established running game. And so far, they haven't brought anybody super of note. I know they re-signed Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. But is that a another guy to maybe keep an eye on there? Because I know that there were whispers that they were interested in Dalvin Cook. So is that just another veteran that they could look at? Yeah, Billy in the chat uh, spamming, bring him to the birds. Well, speaking of spiteful, there's no one more spiteful than Aaron Rodgers. And we definitely already had a show about this today, our emergency pod. But Aaron Rodgers told the Pat McAfee show that he intends to play for the Jets and the teams just need to work out compensation. We've had a couple hours to digest this info. Any other thoughts that you have about this? And are either the Packers or the Jets winners or losers in this scenario? I would say, well, I mean, again, if you get Aaron Rodgers and it's at a reasonable price, the Jets are clearly winners because right now they're a team that has Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. And Mm. we've seen Zach Wilson in the NFL. He's not very good right now. And we don't know if he's ever going to be any good. So that's going to put you fourth place in the AFC East. You get Aaron Rodgers. Now you're talking about possibly winning that division. Now you're talking about a deep playoff run. You're even talking Super Bowl, which is bananas for a team like the Jets, who we've mentioned, have the longest playoff drought in the NFL. So clearly, as long as you're not giving up multiple first-round picks and you can get Aaron Rodgers to East Rutherford, you're clearly a winner there because you've instantly improved your quarterback position for at least 2023. Yeah, no complaint. I mean, look. What I mean, about like, the Packers? Are the Packers losers here? Um, I mean, I think. All right, so, like, my take is that, is, assuming you don't have to give up too much. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, don't you can't you can't give up. We, we talked about this, and, and and we've heard reports after Aaron Rodgers was on um, the uh, of the Pat McAfee show. We we had a we have a, a Katie's first emergency podcast. Oh wow! Yeah. How do you think about that? It was handled handled with a ball. You know, I think that Rodgers. The, the sort of the reports that came out of that after, you know, Rogers pointed out that the Packers were holding this thing up is that they don't want to, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't need two first round picks, but they're, it's just this back and forth. This is how it goes when you've got this big time, you know, quarterback name who's under contract and you've got leverage, different leverage spots on both sides, you're going to have some public posturing and you're getting that from the Packers. You're, and you hear the, you know, the, the Packers leak out like, ah, oh, you know, we don't need that much, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I think as long as you don't give up a, like a firm first round pick for it, and it's like a conditional type of type of pick, then the Jets are definitely winners. I don't think that the Packers are, you know, I think right now in the heat of the current moment, maybe you could call the Packers losers because of the way that Rodgers flipped this on them. Making them making them look like the you know the reason. Oh, well, we lost we lost Will there, but I, I know what he's saying that yeah. that maybe they you know maybe the Packers look bad because Rodgers is flipping the script and kind of pointing the finger to them, which which is true. But I would I would say this though, Katie, I would put them in a loser in this standpoint. It felt like Rodgers was going to finish his career with Green Bay last year after he signed that extension, right? Like it felt like yep. that was going to be the come to somewhat of a harmonious end of all this drama only to come back a year later. And this is what we've seen. It's pretty much the end at this point. And now we have one year green Bay does 
of getting Jordan Love on his rookie contract, where you could have had two. Now we're talking about the fifth-year option in 2024, and really you only have like a year and a half, two years, until you have to start handing him possibly a massive extension. So from a quarterback transition standpoint, Green Bay couldn't have even have enjoyed the rookie contract for as long as they could have had Rodgers and then had a little bit more of a a little bit more in sync in terms of how they're communicating and how they wanted to end this thing. Yeah, I agree with you. What do you what do you think of Jordan Love though? Because now it's now it's Jordan Love time, and we've seen him just very very shortly. If uh, Aaron Rodgers was injured, do you think he is the guy? Do you think that it was kind of worth all of this drama that has ensued ever since they drafted him? Well, you might as well find out, right? It's not like you had to sign him to a crazy deal or something along those lines where Rodgers did run this whole thing out. I guess that's the other angle to this as well. If Rodgers had stayed, now you are either burning a first-round asset because you have to trade him away or you're now talking about just immediately extending him from what you've seen in practice in very minimal live game action. And so, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Jordan Love, but he is a guy that... I mean, clearly, I know. I remember Ryan Wilson really liking him coming out of the draft. We haven't seen much of him, obviously, in the NFL. But now you have the 2023 season where he's only going to make like $2.2 million in base salary. You have to judge it at that point. And now you're talking about $20 million the year after on his fifth-year option. So that's where I think, again, they could be losers. And we'll soon find out if he's the guy or not. Clearly, you don't have to sign him if all of a sudden he stinks up the joint. If he stinks up the joint, you're probably not going to be a good football team and you have a high pick. So, like... There's ways to kind of land on your feet here, but ultimately I do think that they've kind of wasted an opportunity here to have multiple years of a quarterback on his rookie deal with Jordan Love. Yeah, uh, right, agree, agree with that. Sorry, Chrome, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, I, think, I don't know I if mean, you wanted to finish your thought, yeah. Well, no, yeah, I was just going to say that like for, for me, the Packers are maybe like losers right now because of how this is going to play out. If, if Rodgers can convince everyone that it is the Packers' fault that this is all happening. Um, I, you know, I do think moving on from Rodgers, it, it's going to be one of those things a little bit like Belichick and Brady where, you know, when the, when, it, when the separation happens, it's probably best for both parties. You know, you don't, you know, you, you don't want to like put it on one person or the other. But at the end of the day, the 2023 results are going to ultimately determine, you know, that's, you know, it's it's football. It's you know the winners and losers are determined on the field. And while you you know if if Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl with the Jets, the Packers are losers. If Rodgers misses the playoffs and Jordan Love takes the Packers to the playoffs, regardless of whether the AFC and the NFC you know the power structure over there, then we're going to say that the Packers were winners. And you could also make the case that the Packers have a chance to be winners long term here too, where if they're able to, Jordan Love becomes a franchise quarterback. You know, like Rodgers' first season. Like eight games in, Far was winning with the Jets, and Rodgers. I don't think was let me double check. I, I don't. I feel like the. Um, yeah, I feel like Rodgers in his first season as a starter. Yeah, he went six and six and ten. Is that right? Two thousand eight. Sure. That sounds about right. Huh? Yeah. 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 His, so it was six and ten as a, as a starter in his first season. So, and then you have you know. Brett Favre, who's winning, so like six or six or so games in, you know, it was like, oh wow, this. Uh, and they started two and three, so let's say five games into the that 2008 season, I think people were probably like, oh my god, the Packers may, might have made a mistake here, you know. But so it, it, it's it's going to be difficult to sort of balance that and say like you don't want to jump all over Jordan Love five games in and be like if if Rodgers is winning games, it's it's 
it's there's several different com- complex layers to to picking the winners and losers here. I think if the Packers extract themselves with a minimal cap hit and and Jordan Love ends up being good, then they're winners. But if he if he's not, you know, there's 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 a lot of different pathways for this one. You you want to be the version 2023 version of the 2022 Seattle Seahawks. You lose your franchise quarterback. You bring in that next yeah. guy that you've at least had in the background and help you contend for the playoffs and reach playoffs. Agree. All right, we got to take a quick break here. You're watching the Pick Six Podcast. We'll be right back. Bracket season is here. Join the madness by playing the official bracket game of the NCAA. Get the CBS Sports app and be part of the madness. Welcome back to the Pick Six Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Tyler Sullivan. This is day three of 2023 free agency. Make sure you join us all week long to keep up to date with free agent signings and also show the pod some love. Smash that like button, comment, and of course, subscribe on our YouTube page. Okay, guys, we only have like five more minutes here. Any other winners or losers or news from day three that we should discuss? Well, I mean, you're, you're a winner, Katie Mox, for for. Like, we're keeping it under an hour. What do you think this is? Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, they brought me on to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, um, from day three, from sort of like the day one. Uh, Sully, do you have anything that stands out to you? I'm trying to think who. Well, I, I do think that it's a little bit interesting that, you know, I, I, the, the Panthers keep making interesting moves where they're, they're interested in Adam Thielen. They bring in Hayden Hurst. It just doesn't feel like those are moves that you would pair a rookie quarterback with, right? Like, does that not did adding a guy like Adam Thielen does that really like match a timeline for if let's just say you draft Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson, like or Will Levis? Like that to me seems a little weird. So Levis, the moves uh, that they, Levis drumbeat is growing a little loud out there. Okay, and so but you know to me that just feels I know that like the rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends, and I think that Adam Thielen's a great red zone weapon, but it just feels like a little bit. Uh, a little bit pre- premature for those types of moves to not even know what your quarterback is going to be. It, it, yeah, so you're, you're saying the Panthers so are maybe they're So maybe they're somewhat of a loser. Again, they haven't signed Thielen, so like I'm not going to you know d- dock them for something they haven't done, but it, the moves that they're interested in kind of have me scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I mean, it does. I, I think I agree with that. I think, you know, when you look at the – so the Panthers, they uh, locked down uh, Bradley Bozeman, Meaning that they're going to have the exact same offensive line for two years in a row, and it wasn't always great last year. But you got Icky, my boy Icky Aquano, on the at the left tackle spot, and you hope that that group will grow together and be more consistent. Like that is sometimes such a huge thing for offensive lines; it's just a consistency year over year. Uh, you you have Brady Christensen, a third round pick from twenty twenty one, and so and some free agents on there. So you're hoping that that sort of develops Taylor Moten on the on the right side. But man, you look at these pass catchers, dude. Like Hayden Hurst is their number one pass catching weapon now that dj moore is gone it's which is again like i'm saying it's a little bit odd it's it is it is really going to be difficult to ask a bryce young or cj stroud a levis and certainly an anthony richardson and they they said even an andy dalton to come in here and win games with these sort of weapons now we have seen frank reich offenses and remember their top running back is chuba hubbard too like this offense Frank Wright can 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 do some stuff with the offense, but I agree with you. I think there's, you know, they got one draft pick in the first two rounds in the next two years. It's hard to get your offense, hard to make your offense really good without those picks. Right. So that, yeah, that, that to me seems a little. It just seems a little odd. Like that doesn't feel like teams that are trying to build a young foundation. That just sounds like they're kind of patching things together as they go along. I, mean, I think we could throw, I mean, we mentioned the Patriots already, but I think you could throw the Patriots in or Mac Jones in as a loser. You know, I mean, mm. uh, 
yeah, with with uh, uh, my boy. Uh, I can't keep anything straight today. Uh, Jacoby Myers. I was about to say Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Myers leaving, and then Judy Schuster <laughs> coming in. Um, there wasn't a ton of action. Um, Not even specifically on Wednesday. Specifically on Wednesday. Well, and this is what's happened. We you know we talked about this. It's like all the stuff that happens on Monday and Tuesday is basically announced at four o'clock on Wednesday. And there's, I mean, you know, I mean, I think you could, there's not a ton of, uh, I would say losers too, Jets fans who thought they might get some resolution today with Aaron Rodgers, Uh, you know, but you can't like, you know. But but they, but they feel like they have him. I've I've been watching Jets fans on Twitter. They're very excited. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll give, I'll give you one (laughs) winner. I'll give, I'll give you one winner. I do think that Tony Pollard's a winner. They get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. More touches for you in that backfield. You're on, playing on the franchise tag next season as of right now, whether you sign an extension or not. Let's just say you play out that year. If you get all those Zeke touches, you're going to score more. You're going to compile more, at, especially in the red area. You're going to score more. That's going to set you up for a bigger payday. Again, running backs don't get paid that much in the NFL anymore, but they're probably not going to tag you for a second year in a row. And so that's going to lead you to a more productive season in a higher contract. So for him, that's probably a good move for him today. Yeah, and I think also you know, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, you look at the top 100 free agents. I mean, this free agent class is okay. It's it's been Orlando Brown still out there. Um, you know, now Darius Slay is out there. We have Odell Beckham still. Um, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz. There's just not a lot of there's not a lot of juice to this free agent class, and we've seen sort of the top parts taken off. I, mean, I don't think we're going to see a ton of drama, you know, in over the next uh, 48 hours unless there's some kind of crazy trade. Yeah, that's well, and I do point. think that the uh, the rookie class coming in, there's a lot of good running backs, so there's a lot of competition coming out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like in general, this free agent class is like we've seen a bunch of defensive tackles and off ball linebackers sign backup quarterbacks. There's just not there's not like a ton of juice to this class. Um, if Rogers going to get traded, we know there's only one landing spot for him to go to. You know, it's just it's like it feels unless there's some surprise lurking over the horizon. And that, that surprise usually comes in the first hour of the free agency opening. So I, I don't know. I think it, I feel like we may be sort of settling into a, we may, we may be very quickly into the second wave and even third wave of free agency more quickly than usual. And, and I'll say this quickly in terms of a winner, and this is more of a big picture winner. It's not a singular winner, but it's NFC quarterbacks or elite NFC quarterbacks because there's about three of them. There, you know, you see a, a huge exodus leaving the NFC, going into the AFC. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers, even Jimmy Garoppolo, who again, you know, wasn't, you know, uh, uh, Katie, you would know, he's not necessarily like an elite elite. Watch your mouth when you talk to me, Tyler. Former <laughs> Patriot, that's totally fine. We're in the same boat with him, but yeah. he's going to the AFC, helping that team, the Las Vegas Raiders. We assume that it's going to get done with Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. So you could say that Jalen Hurts or whether whoever's going to be under center for San Francisco or Kirk Cousins. I mean, we're going to be talking about these dudes, Dak Prescott, who shouldn't be in the conversation as the best quarterbacks in their conference, but now certainly are, at least, you know, behind Jalen Hurts, I would say. So I mean, Danny, that, Dimes, Danny Dimes might be a top five NFC quarterback, which is which is crazy. Wow. And, and then so you go down to number five in the AFC. Actually, I don't, sure. Matthew Stafford. Right. Like you go you go down to number five in the AFC. That's. You know, you're talking Joe Burrow, you're talking, you know, yeah. you know, not Josh Allen, but you're talking legitimate all pro Hall of Fame caliber players, or at least talent-wise. So that to me is again just another quarterback going from the NFC to the AFC. That for the rest of those NFC quarterbacks, they're probably laughing all the way to the bank. 
Oh, Billy Hertz is the clear number one. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, Billy. I will say before. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna. Well, I'll let you finish because I'm gonna. I'm uh, gonna wrap us up here. I like how Billy is like comments in the chat just so he can post it on the screen, like when it's about the. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But before we get out of here, Kale did ask any Brinson sucks hats in stock. Where can we get those? Because I would like one as well. Are they are they in the official store? I mean, no, no, they are. They're made by. This should be an official Pick Six Pod hat. Everyone, everyone agrees with you. They're made by our podcast listener Lewis, and uh, they're only three of them made and like i said i have one that says i suck although i wish i had gotten a prince and sucks prince and su yeah i think it's that like, works too bad we don't have the, what did you call them the toboggans yes we need prince and toboggans i talk a prince and suck toboggan yeah absolutely um, okay well, well we will get on that but we gotta wrap this up. We're already two minutes over an hour. Thanks for everybody for joining in to the Pick Six podcast. Make sure you join us tomorrow at 7:30 p.m. for more NFL free agency coverage. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. And for anyone listening to audio only, make sure that you download, follow, leave a review, tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We will see you tomorrow.